Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, for those of you I don't know, my name's Todd, and I'm the lead pastor here. I'm really glad that you have uh, chosen to be with us this morning. And before we dive into today's message, which is the first in a uh, three-part series, uh, this coming Friday, uh, for oh, actually I think it's for the 45th time, uh, our nation will uh, observe and be a part of a, a peaceful transfer of power. And uh, so before we dive in today, I just wanted to pray for our country and pray uh, for our new president and our outgoing president and uh, just ask for God's blessing to be with us as a country. And then I'll uh, go into praying for our message this morning. Um, and so would you join me uh, this morning in a word of prayer? Father God, uh, we come to you as um, followers of you, those of us who are in this room who are uh, your children. We just ask you to be in charge right now. God, your Holy Spirit fills us at the point of salvation. Because of that, you're with us in this room today. Christ followers gathered here to lift up our voices and our hands and our lives in worship of you. And God, we appeal to you today. We ask that you be with our country, that you be with the United States of, a, of America after a long and bitter election year. Um, Father God, I pray that you would oversee yet another peaceful transfer of power on Friday. And God, I pray that you would be with our country. God, I pray that you would be with our outgoing president, President Obama, and his family as they transition back into somewhat normal life. God, I pray that you would guide and direct he and his family. And that you would be with our incoming president, our president-elect Trump, that you would just be with him. And as we talk about wisdom today and over the course of these next few weeks, I pray that you would give him and those he surrounds himself with wisdom to make good choices. And God, I pray that you would just be with us, help us to be always thankful, regardless of what our political opinion or background is or whether we've come up in a different area of the country or, or in this area, God, I pray, uh, despite our differences, that we, your people, would always be grateful for the freedom that we have as Americans, the freedom even to be in here, to be lifting up our voices to you, is something that is so incredibly fragile. And something that so many people in so many other places on this planet do not have the freedom to do. And we thank you for that. But God, I think, pray that we would also be grateful and thankful for the freedom that we have spiritually in you. And right now, I pray as we dive in over these next few weeks to our series on wisdom and looking at the life of Solomon, God, I pray that you would be in charge right now, that you would be with those who are in here, and God, that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us. I pray that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged, that you would convict us where we need to be convicted. God, that you would encourage us where we need to be encouraged. And God, I pray that our focus would be on you today. You're in charge of these next few moments. We give them to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Last night, yesterday afternoon and last night, uh, a lot of you uh, were sending me messages. Um, I, I got a few texts and a few phone calls and some social media messages, and you were congratulating me. 
and you were spurring me on and you were saying, hey, man, congratulations, way to go. I love it. And the reason that you were doing that was because I didn't do anything at all. But the reason you were doing that is because my NFL team, the Atlanta Falcons, won a, a game <laughs> in a season that they weren't really supposed to do anything. And uh, so a lot of you said, hey, I can't wait to hear the message you know, on Sunday morning, I'm sure you're going to mention it. And, you know, since we're going into a, a series on wisdom, I really thought it would be unwise for me to even mention that game, so I'm not going to. All right, so I just want to let you know, you might be disappointed in that, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to talk about it. And so anyway, uh, we're just going to dive right into God's Word today, all right? So seriously, in all seriousness, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to First Kings. We're going to be in First Kings today, chapter 3, as we uh, begin this new series called Hashtag Wisdom. We're going to be talking about and we're going to be discussing uh, really this, this idea of wisdom, biblical wisdom, wisdom that comes from God through the lens of the man who was the wisest man ever to walk planet Earth, King Solomon. And so we're going to be viewing wisdom through the eyes and the life of King Solomon, this one who was uh, so incredibly wise and wisdom that can, could only have come from, from the Lord. But I want to begin today um, just by asking you a question. How many of you, whether you're 10, you know, 11, 12 years old, or, or whether you're you know, 80, 90, or 100 years old, um, how many of you in here have ever in your life made a decision that you wish that you could have back? Raise your hand this morning. All right, awesome. Look around. Wait, no, no, no. Keep your hands up for a moment. Just keep. Okay, look around. Very good. Awesome. All right, we're in great company, aren't we? And for those of you who didn't raise your hand, you can start your small group and support group later after the service. All right. <laughs> the, the phrase that comes to mind when I think about this is, is poor judgment or bad judgment. And, and I think that if we really take a look at, at our lives and, and at humanity in general, um, we have a tendency sometimes to make decisions that, and choices that maybe weren't well thought out or that were ill-advised or that we really like rushed into that we would like to have back, whether it was a decision about something financial or whether it was like a, a, a decision that was like relational, you know, relationship oriented or whether it was a career path that we wish we could go back 10, 15, 20 years and, and change uh, that decision that we made. And sometimes, sometimes the things that bother us, the things that weigh us down, the burdens that we have, the weight that we have in our lives in terms of like the kind of like thinking through our lives and the mistakes that we've made and the, and the suffering that we go through, while sometimes it, it is forced upon us, many times those things that we're dealing with that really we struggle with are things that we've brought on ourselves because we ignored or kind of mistreated or misplaced or misthought or found the wrong source for wise decision making. And I realize this is only a three-week series, but, but I want to um, just kind of give a, a, a disclaimer here for a moment because, and, and this is a word of warning, I guess, if you will. Um, I'm not like the big warning guy, prophet kind of guy, but I am going to do it this morning because here's what happens in a series like this. I know here's what happens is we start talking about wisdom, and some of you over the course of the next few weeks will be sitting there, and you'll, you'll like do this to the person next to you, which is probably a spouse, right? And you're like, listen to what he's saying, 
right now. You need to hear this, right? Or you'll go home and you'll say, hey, I wish that so-and-so could have heard this or read this or heard this song or whatever because what they're going through is something that is like, you know, they've brought on themselves because of their poor decision-making. They made bad decisions. And, and so you talk about them and you talk about so-and-so. And, and what happens is, is that, um, this is my word of warning, is be careful not to think as you're sitting there that someone else needs this. I mean, that's our tendency, right, in a series like this. Like, man, someone else needs to hear this because guess what? You need to hear it. And you know how I know that is because I prepared for this message in this series, and I needed to hear it from God. If a pastor's really true and honest, he'll tell you that whatever he's preaching on, he goes through a little bit of that in the weeks and the days leading up to preaching on that. That's why one of my uh, friends said, I'll never preach on hell ever again, because I went through it this week before preaching on it. And I'm somewhat kidding. The second word of warning is for some of you who are um, maybe so young and you think, man, all this stuff is so far down the road, I don't need to think about this now. This is like years away, and I'll make good decisions when I get there. <laughs> when it comes, when I'm faced with it, then I'll make good decisions. That doesn't work, does it, adults? <laughs> because then comes a lot quicker than you think. But a third word of warning is for those of you who um, maybe you might have the tendency to say, you know, I'm older and I'm wiser and I'm more experienced, and my opportunity to make poor choices was months and years and decades ago, and I'm past the point of making poor decisions, so I don't really need to hear this. That is extremely dangerous. And I'm not afraid to say that, or embarrassed to say, that at that point in life when you've had success professionally or you've had success in terms of your education or you, you've had like major experience and you get to the point where like a lot of those decision-making times are past you, I'm not at all afraid to say that in one decision or one choice, you and I, those of you who are like, you know, in your, um, like my age, mid-20s, um, or up, I'm kidding, mid-40s, um, and up, like, we may have the tendency to say that, but in a second, we can make a decision that can undo all the good wisdom that we've operated with all the way up to that point. Are you with me? Please don't miss this, men and women and husbands and wives, in a second, we can ruin, ruin, ruin all the wise decisions we've made in the past. So we're all on the same playing field here, all right? And so we're going to move forward with that in mind. We're going to move forward with this idea in mind that each one of us needs to understand wherever we are in life, we need to understand wisdom. And in fact, the situation I just gave you is kind of Solomon's story. And we're going to break his life up into three parts. We're going to talk today about his coronation, becoming the king, and, and how he was crowned with wisdom. And then secondly, we're, and next week, we're going to look at his life and the success and the, the, the fortune and fame that he experienced because of his wisdom. And then lastly, we're going to look at some decisions that he made where he veered off the course of using God's word and God's standards and, and wisdom in his life, and it ruined his life, the end of his life anyway. 
And we're going to be taking a look at those different pieces of his life. We're going to be taking a look at wisdom through those different aspects of his life. And if you want to do further study, I want to encourage you to take a look at 1 Kings chapters 1 through 11 and, and, and 1 Chronicles, really the first 13 chapters of that. You'll, you'll really get a good idea of, of the bulk of Solomon's life. But let's dive in and let's look at the time that he was made king. Now, he is the third king of the nation of Israel. His father was King David, who was the second king of Israel. And before that was Saul. And so you have a united kingdom of Israel during this period of time, you can kind of break up the nation of Israel, the monarch part of, of Israel, the royal part of Israel, into two kind of uh, you know, uh, periods of time. There was the united kingdom and then the divided kingdom, which oddly enough came after Solomon. We're going to talk about that in week three. But today we're going to be looking at what happens when he becomes king. Check out 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. And if you don't have your Bibles, these words will be on the screen for you today. All right, let's take a look at this. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness in righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and had given him a son to sit on his throne one day. Essentially, he's saying, because God, you've done all these things. And now he says, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. I want you to, to see in this moment right here, Solomon, who is becoming king, who is essentially, you know, right now in this process of becoming the king of, of the nation of Israel, is young and he's inexperienced. And he realizes it. When I was young and inexperienced, I thought I was old and wise. <laughs> And so I operated like that. But Solomon realizes when God asks the question or gives him the opportunity, God says to Solomon, you, I'll give you whatever you want. Ask for it and I will give it to you. He first and foremost recognizes how incredibly inexperienced he is in life. And I think that like humility and wisdom are, are, are so connected. They, they're, they're inseparable. They really can't be separated because you see this humble heart from, from this man here, who, by the way, wasn't supposed to be the king. He was not the, the next in line to become king in David's family. David had uh, just a bunch of kids and, and a bunch of sons, a bunch of boys, and, and he was not even close to being the next in line to become the king. But God had arranged it for him to become king, and he becomes king, and he's humble. And so he says, I, I really don't know where I'm going. And verse 7, and now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king, and I don't know how to come in or go out. Verse 8, and your servant is in the midst of your people who you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. He, he realizes the, the weightiness of, of being the king of God's people. And verse 9, here it comes. He says, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to govern this your great people. 
And so when God says to Solomon in a dream, ask for whatever you want, the thing that Solomon responds to God with is, I desire wisdom. I want wisdom. Uh, years ago, I read a story about a, uh, the dean, one of the deans in a college, and he was meeting with his faculty. And in the middle of the meeting, an angel came and appeared to the dean and said, because of your good behavior and because you, you've been a righteous man, um, I, we're, God's going to grant you whatever you wish among these three, three things. Unlimited wealth, unlimited wisdom, or unlimited beauty. And so the dean is just kind of like stunned by this, and the angel disappears with a flash and smoke and lightning, and he's just sitting there with a halo, and he responds by saying, I want wisdom. And then the angel's gone. His immediate response is wisdom, and the faculty looks at him and expects an answer. What, what, do you, what just happened there? And he says, oh my goodness, now that I've got wisdom, I wish I had said wealth. I wish I had taken the money. I love that story. If you're under like 20 years old, you'll, you'll understand that one day. Anyway, and so like we see in, in Solomon the opposite. We see a guy who truly desires wisdom for the right reason, with the right motive and motivation, and we see him asking God for wisdom. And here's God's answer to Solomon's request. He says this, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, check this out, because you have asked for this, and because you have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do. Behold, I now do according to your word. God said, you've asked for wisdom. I will grant you wisdom. I'll give it to you. And he says, behold, um, I, I give you wise and a discerning mind so that none like you has ever been seen before and none like you shall ever rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall ever compare with you all of your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood up before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered a burnt offering to give God glory for what he had done and peace offerings and made a feast of all of his servants. Now, you, you may think that what I'm about ready to say is incredibly oversimplistic. But, but if there's any, like, one thing that I want you to understand today in, in, in understanding Solomon's coronation of becoming king is that when he was asked, what do you want, he asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him. And here's, here's the point. The, the point is, is that the beginning of wisdom is asking God for wisdom. <laughs> I, I know that's so incredibly simple, and some of you are like, Wow. Master of the obvious there, Todd. But I think we miss that sometimes. And I think that's demonstrated in how poor decisions we make in our lives, me included, by the way. You see, the beginning of being wise or the beginning of obtaining wisdom is asking God for wisdom. But how often do we do that? I mean, how often do we really stop and ask God for wisdom? We ask everybody else 
We go to, you know, like the latest self-help book or that, you know, that conference that, you, you know, you need to go to and pay money for and you'll travel to and like we'll, we'll like really invest in a program or, or whatever. But how often do we really truly when we're faced with a difficult choice or a difficult situation or just in our life in general, how often do we really truly ask? And if you and I want to begin to be people who are wise or if we want to get back to the place because it's been long it's been a long time since we like operated with wisdom. The beginning of that is asking for it. Now, before we go much further, I just want to kind of make a clarification because I think sometimes we might confuse knowledge and advice and wisdom, and I think they're really kind of three different things. You see, knowledge is one-dimensional. Knowledge is information about what is, right? Knowledge is just information about what is. Is it helpful in making decisions? Absolutely. Is it essential in decision-making? No, it's not. Advice is two-dimensional. It's experience plus information about what is, and I think it's very important to have both information or knowledge and wise counsel. Proverbs uh, says that we should uh, uh, seek wise counsel and there's safety in wise counsel. So definitely that's something that's confirmed by scripture. But if all we do is get information and get others who like can help us like make that decision, if those are the only two things that we do in our lives, um, I think we're going to miss something because those are one-dimensional and two-dimensional. But here's the thing. Wisdom that comes from God is multi-dimensional. It brings in so many other factors. It pulls in like experience, not just from one person or group of people, but if we seek God's wisdom, it's, it's experience that God, who understands everything, is telling us. It, it combines um, our, our experience, it combines kind of like our current situation with past experience, with our future hope. It combines all those things, and, and all of a sudden we have this convergence of God doing a work in us. And oh, by the way, God's Holy Spirit working in us to lead us to that place where we make a decision that's just covered in wisdom. I'll tell you that one of the first decisions that I can recall that was a really bad choice um, was, was this. When Cynthia and I were first married, um, I, we, it was time to like buy a new car because the old one was old and I'm not a car guy so I didn't know how to fix it. And so I asked one person who I trusted, um, what should I do because you know we don't have much money, we're newly married, but we really need this new car. And um, I, I drove from like the Kennesaw Ackworth area to Duluth in Atlanta which is like a long way. I drove probably about like 80 miles a day round trip. And this person told me the best thing for me to do would to be leasing a car. I hear the rumblings, right? Yeah. As Dave Ramsey says, you fleece it, you don't lease it. So, you know, I mean, talk about a poor decision, an ill-advised decision. Living in Atlanta, and if you've leased a car, you know what I had to do on the back end of that deal, like three or five years later. I can't even remember what it was. It was a terrible, terrible decision. And here's why. Because I didn't stop and ask God for wisdom. I consulted with one person. One person. And I think maybe that's how we make decisions, is we just act on what one or two or three people might say, or what conventional wisdom says. Conventional wisdom is completely different than godly wisdom. 
And so we see in Solomon's life that he, he looks to God for his source of wisdom. Listen, I want you to hear this today. Some of you lean on yourself for wisdom. I've done that a time or two. You don't have all the wisdom in the world, neither do I. Some of you lean on other people for wisdom solely. Some of you lean on other things for wisdom. The true source of wisdom is God and his word. And if you're in here today and you're a Christ follower and you want to pursue wisdom, you want to be the person that makes wise decisions that are consistent with God and his word, then guess what? You need to be spending time with God and in his word. It's essential for us to do that. It's essential for us, if we're going to be people who operate with wisdom, to spend time with the one who's the source of all wisdom. And I believe at the moment of salvation, when God's Holy Spirit indwells us, I believe that we're imparted with wisdom. But I do also think that wisdom is something that we can ask for over and over again in different circumstances and in different situations. So not only is the beginning of wisdom um, really just asking God for wisdom, but I believe asking God for wisdom is truly a daily decision. It's truly something that we can do each and every day. I love the continuation of this story. And I'm not going to read all these verses in 1 Kings and the remainder of it in 16 verses 28. But here's the, here's the gist of the story. As soon as God gives Solomon wisdom as king, he is faced with his first crisis. Two women approach him. And essentially come to him as the king. And there's one baby. Some of you may remember this story. There's one baby and both women say that it's their baby. And so check this out in 1 Kings 3. Uh, let's go, go down to uh, uh, verse uh, 24. Because these women are essentially fighting over whose child this is. And in verse 24, Solomon in all his wisdom says this. Bring me a sword. Does that sound like the beginning of someone who's wise and dealing with whose child this is? That doesn't sound very wise to begin with, does it? He says, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought before the king, verse 25. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Oh, okay. Wow. Is this a wise king or is this a crazy guy? Verse 26. Then the woman whose son... It was and was alive, said to the king, because her heart yearned for her son, Oh, my Lord, no, 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 give her, give the other lady the living child, and by no means put him to death. But the other said, He shall not be yours nor mine. Divide him. And as soon as that happened, the king answered and said, Give the living child to the first woman, and by no means put him to death. She is his Mother And all of Israel, verse 27 says, or verse 28, all of Israel heard the judgment that the king had rendered and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. Listen, um, you may be here today and, and you have people that are waiting for you if you're a business owner or perhaps you're a school teacher or you're, you know, you're in administration in a, in a, in a school or if, if just you're a mom and dad and you have people that are waiting on you to provide wisdom and that can be extremely overwhelming, can't it? It can be daunting. All Solomon did is ask for wisdom. And then as he's inspired by God's Holy Spirit and he begins to write in Proverbs chapter 2, 
He says this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, he says this in verse 3, Yes, if you say those next two words with me, call out for insight. And he says, raise your voice for understanding. If you, say that next word with me, seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The problem is, is that we get ourselves into so much trouble. And I know because I've done it a hundred times. Because when we're faced with a choice, whether it's small or large, whether it has long-standing consequences are short, we just act. And we don't take the time to stop before we decide and ask for wisdom. And that's my challenge to you today. It's my challenge to myself. Is that in the course of our lives, that we would seek after wisdom like we seek after our profession or our career or our education or that relationship with that guy or gal or that, that thing that we want so desperately in our lives, money, finances, whatever it is, a, you know, Super Bowl championship, all right, right here, okay. Like whatever that thing is that we seek out in our lives, if we can take that energy and seek out wisdom, then our decisions will just be covered in what God desires. And we'll be in alignment with what he wants if we will just stop and ask and then act. And that's the formula that I want you to take home today. It's the bottom line, is that you and I would, would stop before we decide. We would ask God for wisdom. And then act. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the harm that you would avoid, that I would avoid if every decision that we had, we would just stop and ask and then act. And we'd come in alignment with what God truly wants for our lives, his desires, his values. And this applies across the board at any age at any phase or stage of life, in any circumstance, if we stop and ask, he will give it to you. It may not be what you want to hear. It may not be what you want, but you will be equipped with the wisdom to act in the way that is right. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, I pray that you would help us with this. And Solomon was crowned the king. His coronation was not surrounded by wealth yet. It wasn't surrounded by power yet. It wasn't surrounded by the ability to have everything at his fingertips yet. His coronation, him becoming king, was surrounded with wisdom because he simply asked, asked you for it. And God, I pray that you would help each one of us in here today. 
who are followers of you to be people who before we act and make decisions that are detrimental to our lives or the lives of the people around us or the kingdom, more importantly than that, your work and your reputation, God, I pray that we would be people who would stop before we decide, before we choose. That we would realize that time is on our side. That we don't have to rush those most important decisions in life. That we need to stop and ask you what the wise thing to do is. And God, then we would act knowing, knowing that we have sought you out. God, I pray that you would help each one of us in this. That you would help each one of us to understand what an anchor you can be for the course of our lives. And that we would walk in that and that we would find you because you are the one that says you can seek me and you can find me. Thank you so much for that promise. God, we thank you for the promises that we're about ready to declare. May we walk in them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.